Welcome to the On the Air podcast, a companion to On the Air magazine, a bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host, Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On the Air podcast extends material found in On the Air magazine to help you learn about the many things the ham radio service and hobby have to offer. The On the Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM for the love of ham radio. In the July-August issue of On the Air, we introduce you to Winlink, a global network that often plays a large role in public service support. To learn more about Winlink, let's talk with Oliver Dully, K6OLI. Oliver is an ARRL District Emergency Coordinator in the Los Angeles area, and he's been extensively involved in Winlink and other amateur radio digital networks. Good afternoon, Oliver, or I guess good morning, your time. (laughs) Yes, it is morning here. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me. Some people have heard of Winlink, many people haven't, but... For those who haven't, which is probably the majority of the audience, can you give a, well, what would you call it, an elevator speech, a description of Winlink? I'm happy to, um, Steve. At its core, Winlink is just email over radio. That sums it up in one word. Um, It provides you with the ability to send messages, either radio to radio or radio to gateway and from gateway to internet. And that's what separates it um, from other programs like, let's say, FL Digi, which are ham radio to ham radio only, um, Winlink actually gives you the opportunity to send a message to any email address on the planet, provided one of the gateways has an internet connection. The other advantage it has is you have a mode called peer-to-peer. So if you have no gateways in your area, I would recommend people start trying it with a friend, you know, setting it up, getting it working, and you can do peer-to-peer without any gateways. And for us in Los Angeles, That's the ultimate fallback, peer-to-peer when all else fails. Assuming I'm a brand-new ham, how would I even begin to get started with Winlink? Well, there are a couple of options that you have. I mean, uh, number one, you can learn anything on YouTube. There's some really great courses on YouTube on Winlink. Um, However, we've got a group of very dedicated hams here in Aries LAX, David W0DHG, David KK60A, and then NR6V. And they actually have total beginner classes you can take. They take four to five um, one-hour classes, and they walk you through. If you've never heard of Winlink, by the end of it, you'll be able to do it. Um, Usually via packet, maybe via VARA if that's what you choose. So that's a great option. They recently did that with um, hams in Canada, who are now taking the format to Canada. So it's not restricted to California if you want to do that. And of course, the winlink.org website has a whole knowledge database where everything now is really well documented. And are these classes online classes, Oliver? Yes, they are. They're doing that via Zoom. They're live classes, and they'll actually walk you through and answer questions. For some people, this is a great format. And um, again, they're offered free of charge. They usually have classes on Friday afternoons and on Sunday afternoons. So people who have more time during the week can attend on Fridays, and people who've got only the weekends can do that one hour. And again, they're very, they're very mindful of people's time because they also work. So um, and I, I think classes are fantastic. In a public service application, assuming, let's say, uh, oh, a disaster that's confined to, let's say, a city, how does Winlink function in that sort of environment? 
Well, one of the things that we point out to people, both the served agencies and our amateur radio operators is, imagine how useful it would be to have email when the internet is down, when the other commercial com um, communications have been compromised. And most of the time, that really comes across as really well because email is so important to our day-to-day -day life. So one of the things that you can do is, what we call it is transmitting out of the donut hole. That's a phrase that was coined by Dr. David Wald of the United States Geological Survey. You have a donut hole where there are no communications. You can do one of two things. One, you can communicate with each other radio to radio either using peer-to-peer -peer or local gateways, even if the internet isn't working, using those as a post office. Or you can get messages out of area. In the Did You Feel It project, for example, um, people can send Did You Feel It messages, which are very popular in earthquake country, and they describe the intensity of an earthquake, from the donut hole using radio to a gateway outside of the area, let's say in San Francisco or Arizona or Nevada, from where it then is sent to the United States Geological Survey for analysis. And usually they get tens of thousands of these, did you feel it, um, reports. But in some cases where there's a major earthquake that disrupts the local communications infrastructure, they don't get any. And that's been a concern for them. And we worked with the USGS to actually make that possible using WinLink. And that's the same for any other form that you want to send or any other communications. If you want to inform your family you're okay or reach out to them, it's a great tool. Would it be fair to call it uh, what some people call a last-mile solution? Absolutely. And it is the way, it, the way we think about it in Los Angeles. It's a network. It's an entire network. So we tell our operators when we do the training, don't think as it as an endpoint. Think of it as a network operator because you have many options to get on WinLink. You can use the internet and use WinLink via the internet, no problem. You can use it via packet or via FM on two meters. So if you're a technician, you've got already three modes there. You can use it on Arden Mesh or any other network if you want to. Technicians, that's great for. And of course, for people general or extra licenses can use it on HF and do it long distance. Um, connections from LA to Hawaii are pretty common. If you wanted to span, let's just say hypothetically, a 20-mile distance to the nearest internet connection, would you normally use Packet for that with WinLink? You could use if the other side, again, both sides need to support the mode you're trying to, you could most definitely use packet for that. I think the more popular option now is VARA FM um, because it is about eight to 10 times faster in the narrow mode and about 20 times faster in the wide mode than packet. But you could use either packet with support both packet and VARA FM. Could you define VARA FM? I think a lot of people aren't familiar with that. Look, VARA is a modem. So it modulates and demodulates um, your information, um, just like a Cantronics TNC would, which is also a modem. For those of you who remember the um, old-style modems in the 90s that we all had, essentially what it does is do that as a software package. And all you need is a sound card, VARA FM, and a radio, and a computer, and you're good to go. In fact, um, let me point out that my first forays into digital we're using a Baofeng, a signal link, a good antenna, and my computer. And I got that working. Huh. So in other words, you just had a, uh, a handheld FM transceiver. You had a 
laptop of some sort or a computer, could be a desktop, and then the Vara software. And where did you get the software? Um, the software you can download um, at the author's website, that is Ross Modem. Um, you can look it up on Google, that's the easiest, but rossmodem.wordpress.com. And it's free to try. You won't get the full speed, and there's a nag screen. Um, and it's $69 to purchase, or if you do a group buy, I think it's $55. Would you say most people are using Vara these days rather than packet radio and a terminal node controller and all that? In Los Angeles, for Winlink, that's most definitely true. Um, we started out being 90% packet, 10% Vara, and now we're close to 98% Vara. Um, packet, by the way, is also doable via a soft modem option so you don't necessarily have to have a hardware modem if you have one please use it but there are free programs like uc7ho um, it's also modem it modulates demodulates and it does it on packet it's compatible with all packet applications including aprs so it's a great way to get started on um, packet or just to try out winlink over the air so that's what i would recommend people do if you've never done it before Go with UC7HO, get a Signalink or DRA board, which are sound cards, and um, hook that up to your computer, and you'll have a lot of fun with that. Going back to our hypothetical, where we have internet access 20 miles out, once you connect, by whatever means, to this station that is outside the uh, disaster zone, if you will, is that station then in turn connected to the Windlink network via the internet? It can be or it cannot be, depending on the uh, depending on the setup. In most cases, the outside station you want to connect to will be connected to the internet. And if it's not connected to the internet, when you connect, it will actually tell you so. However, if it's not connected to the internet and it has HF capability, and very often these are hybrid stations, it can take your message that you send via Arden Mesh packet of our FM on two meters, and it will forward your message using HF, high frequency, to uh, another gateway out of the area. So the system actually keeps forwarding messages until you hit the internet. So it's very powerful. And I imagine it does it reasonably quickly. Yes, extremely quickly. We actually did a shootout last year with our friends in Ventura County, and we did Did You Feel It as an exercise. So we had a hypothetical earthquake. And we assumed there was no internet locally. So all the messages, we turned off the internet on all our gateways. All the messages had to be forwarded via HF. And Ventura County um, stations chose to mostly send their messages directly HF. And we chose to aggregate all our messages at one gateway and then forward that. And that proved to be extremely robust because that HF station kept dialing until it found a good connection and then sent all the messages out in one go. It's very efficient and effective. Thinking of an emergency operations center with a served agency, if they wanted to get email back to, uh, let's say, their national headquarters, uh, and once again, we're, <laughs> we're back to this hypothetical disaster, uh, could that also be communicated via WinLink? Absolutely. In fact, that is our use case. Um, one of the reasons why we started with WinLink was because the LA County EMS agency asked us to build the capability to um, send spreadsheets 
exactly for that purpose. And a lot of the hospitals, as you know now, are part of larger groups, sometimes local groups, sometimes nationwide groups. And so they really like the ability and knowing that there's a system like WinLink where they can communicate with their headquarters in Washington or Texas or New York, wherever those are located, as well as being able to talk to the county um, EMS agency using WinLink. I would imagine that there is a limit on the sizes of the files. I mean, I assume you couldn't send, for example, a two megapixel image. That's a good point, Steve, and that's that's exactly um, that's exactly right. And that's where we come to being a network operator. We try to keep the messages as small as possible, especially if you think there's going to be HF involved. HF is very narrow bandwidth. It takes a long time to send messages to that. So, a good size message there will be between three kilobytes and five kilobytes. That's kind of a decent size HF message. On packet. We usually recommend not larger than 10 kilobytes. That's a small um, CSV file or text file. If you're using VAR FM and you're not using it, any other modes from there on out, um, the upper limit on WinLink altogether is 120 kilobytes, but we recommend keeping it around 30 kilobytes. And that's a good Excel sheet, Word document um, there. And that only takes about a minute or two to transmit on VARA. And finally, you've got Arden Mesh, where you have networking. There, it's going to be really fast, but you have to be very careful because you can send pictures there, but if they're going out on HF, that's not going to work. So yes, there's a limit in WinLink, but we recommend keeping the messages as small as possible, usually under 15 kilobytes to make sure that it goes through everywhere. And that's too small for images. When would you use HF in a typical public service application for WinLink? There are a couple of um, reasons to use HF. One is you want to get out of the area. You need to communicate with your state EOC. You need to uh, communicate with federal agencies. That's one application. The other one is topographical. Los Angeles County has, and not a lot of people know that. I find funny because people see that on TV and you'd never see the mountains, but we do have a lot of mountains. And for instance, the Aries LAX High Desert District is beyond the mountains. So one of the ways we communicate with them is using NVIS or Near Vertical Incident Skywave, where we shoot the HF signal straight up and it comes down on the other side. And that's how that's the only real way we can communicate peer-to-peer, if you will, with them or with how they can hit the gateways on our side of the mountains. Oh, that's very clever. And you're using uh, VARA primarily for that? Yes, VARA HF, um, for a couple of reasons. I mean, Pactor, which is a fantastic mode, it's been around for a long time, has great capabilities, but the modems are pretty expensive, fourteen to $1,700. And that's out of reach for most amateur radio operators. That's well within reach for hospitals or uh, EOCs, but for amateur radio operators, that's pretty expensive. So we usually recommend getting a VARA HF license and a Signalink or DRA board um, or RIM-9600, whichever sound device works, you know, something similar. And um, then that costs, the total cost of that are $170 and you have a really robust, fast solution. And VARA HF is extremely fast, especially once you learn how to um, set the sound well. What do you see, Oliver, as the future of WinLink? in amateur radio public service. Do you see it becoming dominant as opposed to just 
voice communication? Well, it depends. There are two types of public service communications, really, that amateurs are involved in. One is the tactical communications. The other one is logistical. And in tactical communications, you're going to continue to see a lot of voice communications. You're also going to continue to see things like FLDG and JS8 call that are great for tactical communications, short messages that give clear directions. But in logistics, I think it, WinLink is going to be the dominant force simply because you do have the automatic recent request or ARQ, which makes sure that the message either goes through 100% or not at all. If it doesn't go through at all, then you as the operator find a different path for it to go through. And that's really powerful. The other thing I would like to point out is at the end of the day, WinLink is a tool like FLDG, JSA call, um, voice communications. It's a tool in our quiver and we use whatever gets the message through. I think that's the important part. And the most important item is the operator because without the operators, none of this really works. We can throw all the technology at any system we want to, but the real problems are solved by operators who know what they're doing in the field. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Oliver. This is, uh, this is very informative. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for having me. And please, um, if anybody wants to reach out, um, we're happy to to assist in building women capabilities wherever it is in the nation or beyond. Um, as I said, we helped our friends in Canada. And um, just email me at k6oli at net, And I'm happy to, if I don't know the answer, which can happen, I'll point you in the right direction. Great, Oliver. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steve. Have a good one. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into material from the July-August 2021 issue of On the Air magazine. I'll be back next month to discuss items from a brand new issue, that being the September-October On the Air. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to ota at arrl.org, read our blog at arrl.org, forward slash OTA hyphen blog or learn more about ARRL membership at ARRL.org. Until next time, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY 73.